Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard dive into a topic that will challenge, encourage, and inspire you as you parent your teen. Let's listen in. Talking about parental authority here today, authority can't be forced these days, huh? That's right. You know, and let me tell you where we're going with this, because what I will tell you is that is that kids change because of relationship. They don't change because of the display of authority. Mm-hmm. You know, the old style of always saying that we can just say certain things to get a kid's response and they'll immediately change. They don't work anymore. No. I mean, I don't know whether you heard these things, but I sure heard these <laughs> things growing up. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> I brought you into this world and I can take you out, you know, and I don't care what other parents let their kids do. I'm going to knock you halfway in the, <laughs> in the next mid, week. Yeah, middle of next you week. Yeah. <laughs> or, a kid will, or, or a dad would say, I'll give you something to cry about. And many times all it took was an I'm disappointed in you with from a stern face looking dad mm. to bring a misbehaving child to tears and to let him know that behavior must stop. Now, we laugh at those things, but that was then. This is now. That's right. You know, you try to use that now and it's just not effective. Now, somebody's going to go, now, wait a minute. I, you know, what's Mark saying that we don't have authority as parents? I'm still the parent. That's right. You are still the parent and you still have authority, but the display of the authority has got to be portrayed and, and, and perhaps kind of couched differently. So your child will respond because of this kids look at authority differently. Whenever I say the word priest, whenever I say the word policeman, wherever I say camp counselor, wherever I say teacher, Kids have images that come to them because they have been so bombarded with stories about each of those. Now, we all know that priests and policemen and coaches and all these guys, they're great guys. But the few that cause confusion have undermined the authority Hmm. of everybody else. And and so what happens is kids learn, I don't enjoy or respect the authority. And my point is, we've got to approach them in a different way. So in today's world, it no longer works for parents to force their authority upon their teens. You know, I don't think it does. I mean, kids don't fear much these days and rarely respect authority. You know, so these antiquated techniques of discipline that just don't quite have the impact that they might have had. Uh, And sometimes you get a defiant response. You get kids saying, you do, and I'll call Child Protective Services. I'll call the police. Just try it. You don't scare me. You hit me, and I'll hit you back. Or they'll say, I don't care. I mean, those are the these responses. And you think, now, you and I would have never said that. No, never would have occurred to us. Because I would have known what would have happened. And we would have been knocked in the middle of next week, That's right. (laughs) Because, Because it reflects the lack of respect for authority. And I think that's where it's important for people to understand where that comes from. If media coverage is is changing the way that our kids look at people in respectful positions, then I've got to do something as a parent to move back into a relationship with my child and help them understand there's a lot of good people out there that want great things for people. But I think I think what happens is kids lose the respect, they quit trusting authority, and where that pushes them is to a point where they feel like they have to do everything on their own. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have a self-absorbed group of adolescents and young people in their 20s. Well, not to blame the media and the internet for everything, but it has changed the world in many ways, hasn't it? It really has. You know, I mean, I hear a recent story of a coach somewhere 
And so I begin to question coaches everywhere. You know, uh, you hear of of stories of of, uh, of a a minister somewhere that falls and struggles, and then I begin to feel like everybody has. I I hear of politicians that are. I hear all the stories, and and it and it's taken the the credibility and and the integrity out of those positions mm-hmm. for everybody. Well, there's a controversy right now about teens having cell phone videos in the classroom, and can classroom teachers who may make a mistake from time. That's to time. right, and so it gets it gets splattered everywhere. But basically, what it's done is taken all those people that have been in positions of authority, and it's almost kept them from. Uh, having the effect that they used to have on kids, that that spiritual influence, that good influence, and and somebody that could be respected for who they are and what they want, not for what the stories that I hear somewhere else. Has the pendulum swung too far, though? Are are parents overreacting and just kind of, you know, trying to be good friends with their with their teens instead of having any authority whatsoever? Well, I, I, you know, I think that comes out of some different places as well. You look at the number of divorced families there are, the blended families, the step-parents. I mean, it is amazing to me that when somebody leaves a home in a divorce setting and there's kids involved, it's very difficult for that child to continue to respect of that parent. I mean, and it's... And, and it, I'm not here judging divorce, and I'm not here judging any of those things. I'm just saying the effect on kids is that that coupled with a world where we find out too much about too many people and we hear about all their dirty laundry and all the junk that goes on in their life, it causes kids to move away from it. And so the concept is that if if they're moving away from the authority and the demandingness that that we've grown up with, those effective ways of parenting back then are no longer effective today. What about the area of discipline and authority? How, how is that changing and how do we need to adapt? Well, I think, you know, you used to be able to, to spank a child up until their teens. I mean, kids getting swats in schools and, uh, and all that. Now, I'm, I was raised in Texas and, and, and they allowed probably a little bit more down there than they did other places, dragging people behind wild horses and, <laughs> no, you know, on. all that. But I mean, but I, but I think what's happened is we just find that it's no longer effective. Corporal punishment for older kids is not effective. And I'm not not telling you not to spank your kids while they're young. I, I believe you should, but but I look at it. It's got to stop somewhere because it just becomes ineffective and it and it causes more disconnect with a mom and dad than it does an actual connection. Because a child's not thinking, "Hey, I'm learning from this." What they're learning is, "I can't stand the authority in my life." All right, with with that uh, case laid out for this change in uh, perceived authority, then how do parents need to adapt and still parent? You know, trying to strike fear in the in the in the in the heart of your child doesn't work anymore. And to, instead, parents need to focus on building a strong relationship in winning the right to be heard. Now, it, it doesn't mean that I agree with that. That I would go, yes, that's how it ought to be everywhere. You know, and I hate it that it is like that. But I would tell you that that to be effective in a culture today, it almost is going to be like that for, for a parent to have influence. You've got to win the right to be heard. So you want to develop that opportunity for respect. You want to win their respect instead of forcing their respect. Which starts and, when they're very young, of course. Absolutely. And, and you know, Wayne, I would tell you, I would rather be able to force the respect you know, everybody says, well, these kids don't have respect for their authorities and their elders anymore. You know what? They don't. But they don't not because of the, of the world that they've created. 
It's because of the world that we've created, right. and this is the impact that, that it's having. I'm just trying to help people understand this is how you can change the way you engage with your kids so that you can get to a good place. We can keep talking about how disrespectful kids are all you want and how I'm in the authority and all that. And as, and as you live, a, a, I think, sometimes a selfish life, not surrounded by your kids, you can say you won. But you didn't win their hearts. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I'm about is saying, how can we help people win the hearts of their kids and, and still accomplish those things that we want to accomplish in relationship with them and winning the right to be heard and gaining respect in their life? Is, that's the bridge that I have to speak wisdom into their life so that they can learn about respect for other people because they're getting it from me. As with most of the issues, if not all the issues we talk about here in Parenting Today's Teens, a lot of this has to do with the age of the teen. Right. Uh, and, and our shift in our approach to this authority issue is going to be different with a 12-year-old than it is with a 17-year-old. That's right. That's right. You know, I think it's looking at a 12-year-old, you got to exert your authority a little bit more. You have a young man that's being a little braggadocious, and you have a, a, a young lady that's trying to push the limits a little bit. And, and so you have to exert that authority and say, no, we're not doing this. You know, but it may shift the next year. Well, I'll think about it a little bit. And when they're 14, okay, well, maybe we can give this a try. 15, okay, this is your decision within these boundaries. 16, okay, this is your decision, and we've, you know, we've expanded the boundaries a little bit. 17, it's up to you. 18, you know what? This is your deal. It's not mine. But while they're in our home, the boundaries still exist. That's right. And the consequences That's still right. exist. That's right. You right. still need to come up with you know, that exertion of authority. We, it's, this is isn't an opportunity for a kid to carte blanche, do whatever they want. It's an opportunity for you to have structure within your home, but the way that you engage with them is not these direct demanding comments that pushes them away. It's engaging with them in such a way that you win their respect. They are drawn to you. And so now they'll listen to what you're doing based upon uh, your desire to engage with them. I like the way you put it in some of your writing when you said we shouldn't shoot a volley across the bow to show our authority. Yeah. It'll backfire every it time. Does. Yeah. It does. It, you know, and everybody wants to do that. I mean, I want to do that with kids. I look at kids that live with us. Sometimes I want them. Do you realize who I am? Do you know who I am? You know, do you realize I started I've, this place that's and, right. and I, I run this place? That's right. I've been around the block a few times. I know what, and you want to do that, but you know what? It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I, I wish it would, but it doesn't. And so my point is start the relationship and make sure that you're engaging with them on a relationship basis. You've heard me mention that I started a program called HeartLight that has now helped over 3,000 families and teens by having them come live with us in Longview, Texas. Here's an alternative. And almost 90% of the people who attend this Family in Crisis conference that we hold four times a year never have to send their teen off to a program. Before you send, come and attend. You'll have the opportunity to spend with 30 other parents, and I'll help you understand what is happening to your teen, and also spend time coming up with a plan to stop the crisis in your home. It's a two-day seminar located on the Heartlight campus in Longview, Texas. Our upcoming event is October 20th through the 22nd, and you can sign up by going to www.familycrisisretreat.com. That's familycrisisretreat.com. I hope you'll take time to come spend a couple of days with us and stop the crisis that you're experiencing in your family. Hey, this two-day event can change the direction of your family. It can save your marriage. 
and just might be one of the best decisions you've ever made in your life and the life of your team. Here's a question that comes to us from a parent who says, we have a bright, intelligent 15-year-old son who refuses to go to school. We've tried everything we could but didn't succeed. How can I make him go to school? Yeah, what a great question. You know, and, and I would look at it and I'd say, why doesn't a child want to go to school? Is he being bullied? Has somebody abused him? Has something gone wrong? Are they ridiculing him? Does he feel like he doesn't have the ability? Is there something that cognitively that's just not working? Can he not see the board? Does, does he have acne that others make fun of him? I mean, all those things, I would ask all those questions. There's some motivation for a child saying, this is too tough for me, I can't do it. And after you ask that set of questions, then I would say, you know, mom, dad, you can't make them go. I mean, at this point, you've got to appeal to them and let them know that this is for you. We're doing this for you. We want this for you. But to just say, you're going, and this is what it's going to be, a child doesn't do that. You send them run the other direction, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody may be saying, you know, I don't want to listen to authority because they don't have my best interest in mind. And, and sometimes it's somewhat confusing when a child sees a parent forcing them into something that they don't really understand what's really going on with the so child. So the solution here is not to use the forced authority, but get to the underlying reasons why he won't Absolutely. go and address those reasons. Absolutely. You know, I think, I think parents undermine their own authority sometimes. And I'm going to give you a list of those things that I think they do that kind of cuts their own legs out from underneath them so that a child says, I don't want to listen to you. It's, it's a way that we provoke kids to wrath. It's a way that we, we cause them to react to us and, and, uh, and move them to anger, which we don't want to do. But I think sometimes we do it unintentionally. So here's a list. One is falsely accusing based on presumption rather than fact. The other thing is always having to be right and you can never be wrong. When a parent pretends to be perfect when your child knows otherwise, it can provoke your child. Lying to your child or misleading them. Breaking promises. Overreacting instead of responding. Overprotecting instead of preparing them for life. Not respecting a child's decisions and shaming them for mistakes. I think all of these things undermine a parent's authority. They lose a great sense of respect. Now they're not going to listen to you. It's no wonder that our kids react negatively if we come across that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. When parents don't respect their kids' desires, hopes, and feelings, when they have low expectations of a child's ability to think and solve their own problems, disciplining their child in front of others, showing marriage conflict in the extreme when it sh- when kids shouldn't see some of that, making a child take sides between two parents, inconsistency of discipline, disagreement between parents and the approach, never trusting the child, inflexibility in what you believe. You know, we do a lot of things provoke our kids, don't yeah, we? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I look at it and I go, being critical in spirit and arrogant in confrontation, expecting unreasonable tasks from a child's ability, always telling them what they need to do, ridiculing their faults and mistakes, telling them how they should feel. These are just a few of the things that I think parents do that undermine their own authority. And so that's why kids aren't listening to them. But as you heard this young man say a little while ago, it's through developing a relationship with them that's going to change them. That's the only way. I think it is. Yeah. I think we have time for one more question here today. Uh, This one comes from a parent who says, my daughter has a way of turning whatever situation it is into an argument, blaming everyone but herself for everything. 
How do you suggest this be handled? I feel exasperated much of the time. Okay, and I go back. Why does she do that? Has she been given an example of, of somebody displaying humility and saying, you know what, I'm not a perfect parent. Why is she so defensive of that? My wife was sexually abused for years. Her response to the abuse was to always be perfect. And so no matter what, she always had to be right. She always had to be perfect, which didn't make for a real fun marriage at the beginning. (laughs) And uh, because I was raised in a home where I couldn't be wrong. And so between those two. That was interesting. Oh, it was a circus. And uh, but my, my point of it is there's something driving that in a child. You know, you don't move to the abnormal without something abnormal happening. And and just as there's no parent out there that says, you know, my parents knew everything that happened in my life, I guarantee that no parent today knows of everything that's happening in their kid's life. Just like they didn't know, my wife was raised in a pretty normal home, they didn't know of her abuse for six years. And so, so you have to look at the behavior and say it's an indicator of something else. Why does she blame shift? Why does she always say it's, it's everybody else's fault but mine? What is it about her accepting responsibility that has her scared to death? So how would I handle it? I think it's sitting down and admitting things that they have done wrong so that it creates an environment where somebody else can say, I have done something wrong. That's what I usually feel. Well, as we wrap up today this conversation about uh, the fact that authority cannot be forced by parents on our teens, I I guess for me, if you have to remind your kids that you have authority, you've already lost it, haven't you? That's right. That's right. You know, my dad always used to remind me of his authority. I'll take you out. You know, he'll do whatever. You'll listen to me. You won't do that in this house. This is how it's going to be as long as you live here. It just does not work. I mean, it doesn't work. You know, parenting techniques that worked in one generation don't necessarily work in another generation. And this is a perfect example. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.